Welcome to Episode 28 of the Insurance Agency Trendsetters Podcast. Welcome to the Insurance Agency Trendsetters Podcast, where we explore how insurance agents can leverage technology to create better relationships with our prospects, customers, and agency team members. We believe tech should help us serve customers better and more efficiently, not replace the human-to-human interaction that's made the independent insurance agent a trusted advisor to clients. You'll hear from industry experts and agents who are on the leading edge of marketing, tech, and providing world-class customer experiences. It's time to level up the industry, and you're the trendsetters who can. Well, George, we've got an interesting thing to talk about today. I I don't know if you heard about the bridge between Arkansas and Tennessee that got shut down recently. Yeah, Charlotte. Actually, I did see that. I saw that on the news. And I tell you, it was interesting to me when you you listen to the uh, conversation back and forth between uh, the people there that were inspecting the bridge and uh, the 911 operator. Wow, that was was a conversation. Yeah, it's really crazy. There are actually two calls, and we're going to let you listen to a quick snippet of a couple of them just so you can uh, get an idea of what we're going to talk about. Memphis 911 emergency. Do you need police, fire, or ambulance? I am uh, doing a bridge inspection here on the I-40 Mississippi River Bridge. We just found a, a super critical finding that, that needs traffic shut down in both directions on the I-40 Mississippi River Bridge. I've, I've already called and talked to the to the RDOT uh, people, and they're working on it. We need to, to get people off the bridge as soon as possible in, all, in both directions. Okay, sir, you're on the I-40 bridge. Are you eastbound or westbound? What's going on? I, I'm, I'm sitting westbound. We have a critical finding in one, in one of the members that is split. And one, Okay. We, we need to get people off the bridge immediately. Who are you with? Where are you calling from? I'm... We are with Michael Baker. We're working for the Arkansas DMT doing a bridge inspection on the on, on the on the arch. Okay, and you said you're with the Arkansas DMT. Arkansas Department of Transportation. And you have a split in the what? We, we have a broken bridge member. We need to get traffic off the bridge. Okay, and you've already reported it to Arkansas. Yes, ma'am. All right, sir. Thank you. This is Tall One Emergency. Do you need police, fire, or an ambulance? I, I believe it's going to be police. Where do you need the police? So, so uh, Fernando DeSoto Bridge. It's, uh, I'm, sorry, I'm on the bridge in this 840. And we're doing a bridge inspection, and we had a critical find on the bridge, and we need to shut traffic down in both directions. Ma'am, hello, I can barely hear you. Okay, so we need to shut traffic down on Interstate 40, crossing the Fernando de Soto Bridge in both directions. Okay, what's going on? So I'm on the Fernando de Soto Bridge. Can you hear me any better now? Yes. Okay, I'm on the Fernando de Soto Bridge, um, and I'm with an engineering firm that was hired by Arkansas ESG to inspect the bridge. We had a critical find on the bridge, and we need to get traffic off of it immediately. So we need to shut it down in both directions, and I believe we'll need police assistance with that. Okay, and where are you calling from? What's the I'm company? on, uh, so this is Michael Baker International. Michael Baker International? Yes. And what do you guys assess? 
I'm sorry? What do you guys assess? You said you were assessing something on the bridge? Yes, we're doing the inspection on the bridge out here. We're, it's on behalf of Arkansas DOT. Okay, let me uh, let me connect you with Arkansas just in case that may be their jurisdiction. Um, but we'll both. We've already that. talked. Oh, you still have already talked with them. So if if both Tennessee DOT and Arkansas DOT, we've spoken with Arkansas to have you hired us especially by fall. Okay, so we just need police cars out here to right. So our officers they need to know conference. they need to know what's going on. So are you able to give me any information on what's going on? What, our officers need information to come out there. So they need to know at least what they're getting into. Sorry, what additional information do you need? Your our officers say I can't just send officers out there to shut the interstate down. We need to know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know what other information. I don't know whether information to give you. We have talked with Arkansas DOT. If you want to connect me with them, and so that was really just crazy. It was. It was like you were t- two people were talking an entirely different language, and I guess in reality they really were. I, I tell you, you're you're right, and it's like one was speaking in in one terminology, and the other one didn't understand it, and then they kept coming back and forth, and. They, they just couldn't come to a consensus of what was going on, and which could have been a critical issue. Yeah, you know, when that the, the man, the first call, said, we've had a critical finders finding, one of the members that has split. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, you know, and, and the thing is, is it means a lot to someone that's an, a bridge inspector or to the Department of Transportation. They probably know exactly what that means, but, you know, you or I, I don't know that we would have any context for that. And certainly, you know, a 911 operator um, who is getting calls about medical issues or car accidents or other or fires, you know, ha- has never had that conversation with someone. And you certainly can't blame either party. Right. They are trained in a certain language for their their occupation. And you realize how it, it is almost like speaking a foreign language. Oh, I I agree. And, and it was it was very interesting just the, the back and forth. And and we'll talk about this, I guess, uh, in regards to how this really tags into what we do in the in the insurance agency business. But uh, so it's really interesting when you listen to the, the second call, uh, the woman that's calling uses exactly the same language as the first guy. She talks about a critical find on the bridge. And of course, to a nine one one operator, what's a critical find? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe they found gold on the bridge. Well, that's a critical find. <laughs> I don't think I would call nine one one and announce that. Well, that's but. probably true, but I mean, a critical find. I mean, I'm sure the nine one one operator, as we can tell from from the call, had no clue what that was, and they and they keep going back and forth, and and the nine one one operators. Like, uh, tell me what's what's going on and, and give me some more information. And the other lady's like, well, what more do you want me to tell you? <laughs> right. And I love when the uh, she just says, I don't know what other information to give you. <laughs> you know, she just she said, we have a critical find. That's that's the only way she knows to describe it, um, because that's that's how it's described. And, it, and that was enough to cause the the emergency with everyone who understands that language. You know, and it's it's. Um, it's interesting because I had a, a friend who was in a kind of a similar situation and they were in an emergency situation. Um, her husband had an accident while he was out in his boat and she was trying to find out where he was transported to for trauma. Um, 
treatment. And she said, my husband's been in a Marine accident. I need to know where they helicoptered him. I need to know where they took him. And they said, well, if he's a Marine, they took him to Camp Lejeune. (laughs) And she said, no, it was a Marine accident. And they said, right, all Marines are taken to Camp Lejeune. And it took a while before someone just, a friend of hers that was there said, he was on a boat. boat. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you, you don't, when you're in an emergency situation like that, you, you tend to revert to your known language. And it's hard to think of a, a, another way to say something that helps someone understand. And that's, that's an excellent point. We really have to think about that, Charlotte, as, as in the insurance business, we have so many acronyms and terminology and we start speaking about this. I mean, just the other day I was giving a presentation and I was talking about specific accord forms to a group of students and then it dawned on me that they had no clue what I was talking about. They didn't know what these forms were or the, the names of the forms. And so I had to kind of take a step back and say, oh, let me explain this to you. Mm-hmm. And then to kind of go through each one of those individually. But but you're right. And you think about that from this perspective of agents talking to clients about different things. I mean, think about all the terminology and acronyms we have in our business and, and you really have to think about it from their perspective. How do they perceive it? Are they grasping this information? And how should we really be giving that information out? Yeah, you know, I remember, you know, North Carolina has its own kind of quirks about the, the way it names homeowners forms. And I remember talking to someone one time and saying, you know, you, you need an HO4. And, and I was talking to a property management company and they said, what are you talking about? What is an HO4? You know, they it's like a renter's policy. They go, oh, you know, it, it, to them, that, that meant nothing. But to those of us in the business, we know exactly what that is. is right. That's exactly correct. And so, but when you're talking to the client or the potential client, uh, you really have to use a different uh, terminology or different language, if you will, uh, to get your point across. Because it would have been different in this case as, you, as the uh, gentleman and the lady were calling 911 to have basically said that uh, we're inspecting the bridge. We have found a major flaw or crack in the bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bridge is uh, in danger of collapsing, and we need uh, somebody out here to help us stop the traffic. Now, that would have been a different response, I think, from the 911 operator. Well, I hope, you know, <laughs> obviously they were a little reticent to just stop traffic in case it was a prank call. But, um, you know, and and the other issue they were dealing with is two different states. So they had to deal with both Arkansas and Tennessee, um, which made it a little bit more challenging because they had to talk to two different um, organizations to make make something happen. And, of course, we deal with that sometimes in in insurance as well. You may have to deal with, um, you know, a carrier and an adjusting firm. You may have to deal and they have their own languages, you know. Yes, they do. They do. And, uh, you know, one of the things I was talking with someone the other day and said something about a co-insurance penalty. And they, I, they got that glazed look that clients give you <laughs> when they yeah, have no idea what you what just said. Two people buying insurance for me? <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and explaining stuff like that. And, you know, I, I teach a lot of flood classes. And it's interesting because one of the classes I teach, we have representatives from FEMA and from um, the North Carolina Department of Public Safety, because in North Carolina, um, they're a certified technical partner. They actually developed the flood maps, you know, for FEMA. 
you know, our North Carolina engineers do. And engineers have an entirely different language yes. than insurance agents do and versus um, the FEMA, some of the things they language they use because they're federal employees and have a you know different um, communication system and different acronyms. And it's just even though we're all talking about flood maps and the same thing, we talk about them differently in, in these organizations. And you can have someone talking about, oh, well, that's the that that's right there by the limo line. Well, would a consumer know have any idea what a limo line is? No. no. <laughs> you know, you know, and that, and I think we run into that too. Like with the the when we talk, and this is one of the things I really encourage people not to do is say the one in one hundred year floodplain, because what consumers hear is. It only floods here once every 100 once in 100 years. years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what they hear. And what, what we need to do as risk management professionals is explain the risk that's there. You're going to have, you have a 1% chance every year of having a flood that's 10 feet high, but you have a higher risk than that of it flooding at a lower level. Correct. You know, so it just really different. You don't know if you can think of um, maybe some examples of times that you've used a language and realized a customer was completely lost <laughs> or something you've heard a company or an adjuster say, and you're, you weren't sure what they were saying. Oh, that's, it, it's true. In, in our industry, we have a lot of these, a lot of terms and things that we use and clients don't understand them. Even if when you start talking about, you know, replacement costs and coinsurance and things of that nature, what does that really mean? How does it work? Um, we really have to take the time and explain that to the client in terms that they will understand and maybe even have them repeat it back. So we know they got, they got the information correctly. Yeah. You know, actually you mentioned replacement costs. There was a recent lawsuit on replacement cost because the consumer understood they had replacement cost, And then when the policy was insufficient to cover the cost of rebuilding, they sued and they won in court because oh, wow. they said, no, you sold them. You told them this would replace their building. And, you know, they, you and I know there's a lot of different levels and concerns there, whether it's, um, you know, true replacement cost. Is it, um, you know, do we need the guaranteed replacement cost? Do we need an additional endorsement to provide for situations where the replacement cost is beyond even what the guaranteed replacement cost would uh, ec- extra cost would allow, and you know, right now with all the lumber prices going absolutely oh, yes, that is bonkers that's a huge issue right now. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. What is it? I forgot what it was the other day. About seventeen hundred dollars per. What do they do that? But is it square foot? I forgot how they they register that. Um, I don't know, but I, I do know that lumber costs are up almost four hundred percent. Yeah, and I know um, that it it was down to like four hundred and eighty something prior to COVID. Now it's up to seventeen hundred. But you know, and there's a situation where it ended up being a lawsuit because someone thought they truly had replacement costs when they didn't have sufficient coverage. Um, we saw it after Katrina, where people were told they had hurricane coverage, and they did not have flood insurance. You know, so they thought, oh well, you know, if there's a hurricane, I'm covered for anything that happens. And, you know, we know there are a lot of policies that don't cover wind-driven rain. There's, you know, obviously policies that exclude flood. So, you know, that th- th- these are times we think of that are legal things that we need to do to make sure our customers understand us. But, you know, there's also when we're marketing something to them, when we're selling to them, to really make sure they understand what we're saying and understand 
that you know the the value of what it is that we're offering them. Yeah, and that's that's where I think agents, as they're out there and they're training their staff, we really need to make sure the staff understand how to have that conversation with the potential client and with current client uh, to make sure they understand what they're purchasing. Uh, and into your uh, discussion, you, you say replacement costs. They're thinking, well, my house burns down. I get a brand new house at today's mm-hmm. cost, but it may be up to the policy limit, or maybe they've got some other endorsement on the policy. So making sure that they understand that is crucial to prevent any kind of E&O uh, potential problem that you might have in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's just so critical that we not we, we don't just know how to speak our language, insurance language, but we also know how to speak our customer's language. And especially for our you know, commercial agents that are out there, it's one of the reasons for really specializing in an industry because you get to learn their language. And, you know, it's, it's not just us explaining insurance, but they may be explaining to us some of what they do and maybe a risk that they have in their business. And if you don't know their language and how they say it, you may not realize that there's, that's a risk you need to offer them an, an endorsement or a different policy for. These are things that we, we really need to think about as agents and make sure that we're communicating and, and hearing what people say. Because you, you could be completely missing a risk that they have um, just because you didn't know their language. You know, I remember many, many years ago when I worked for um, electronic data systems, I was on a project. Somebody asked me what I was doing. I was like, well, I'm TDY to this department. And they go, what? What? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm TDY. And they go, what does that mean? I'm like, it means TDY. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and they go, it's got to mean something else. It's like, well, I guess it means temporary duty because it's a military term. And it was, right. of course, founded by military um, men. But it was, it, to me, it was just, it was like trying to, to describe water. It's water. <laughs> Why don't you know what I mean? <laughs> Why don't you understand this? But well, for, that, goes, that goes back to the call, right? Because, you know, I think it was interesting on, on that conversation with, with, the, uh, with the lady that was talking to the 911 operator. And 911 operator keeps asking her back. She says, well, what else do you want me to tell you? I don't know what else to tell you. Right. It's a critical, what was it? It was a critical find. We had a critical find. A critical find. Well, that's, uh-huh. that's great. To, to me, I'm like, well, what could that mean? I, th- I still think she found uh, you know, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> that's a critical find to me. Or maybe the winning lotto numbers. That would be a critical find. That'd be a better find for sure. Um, And and by the way, that bridge is still completely shut down. Barge traffic is shut down in the Mississippi River um, and will be shut down until they can verify that the bridge can support its own weight with that crack and fix that. So it's going to be a long-term problem and massive impact to the shipping across the United States. Oh, yeah. Think about that because you can't have the... um barges and the ships going up and down the uh, river and you can't and, and the cars can't go across so it's right all this it's, i forget what the percentage of truck you know trucking that shipping that goes across that particular bridge but it's a phenomenal number and, you know it'd be interesting to see what is the alternative route yeah i think you got to go down to i-20 or go up further up toward uh, the midwest but that's a big detour because you know i-40 is a 
busy road. Oh, it <laughs> right is there. a busy road between the two states, especially. You think about yeah. that. Yeah. That's that's a huge issue. So you've got to really rethink. I'm, I'm sure Waze, if you put Waze on, it'll redirect you as to where yeah. you need to go. I can, I can imagine what Waze was doing during that time frame. They're like, wow, all these, these cars stopped and what are they doing? Yeah. But, you know, I think if, if there's one lesson from, from all of this for agents and anyone in the industry out there is, is just to be aware of language you speak that's only understood within your industry and be aware that your clients may have their own language as well. In fact, I don't know of any profession that doesn't have its own language and acronyms and um, ways of communicating. So it's very important that you make sure that you are clearly understanding your customers. And if they say something that you don't understand, ask what that means. Yes. And make sure that they clearly understand what you're communicating to them about their their coverage and their risk that you're are working with. Yeah. I think to that degree too, sometimes if somebody uses a term or, or, or some phrase that we don't know, you know, it's probably good to just say, can, can you explain to me what you mean by, and then state the term back to them mm-hmm. uh, so we can get a better definition. Uh, and, and even to that point, when somebody tells you something, just say, well, let me, let me tell you what I heard you say. And then repeat it back. So we've got a better understanding of what we're trying to accomplish. I think that's vitally important in any business uh, and especially in insurance as we're trying to insure uh, correctly uh, the people's property and, and the things that uh, they own. So it's it's vital. Right. Right. Good point. Well, that's it for us today. I, uh, it's a, a very valuable lesson, and, and certainly in insurance, we don't typically have life-threatening situations, but it can be a, a big threat to someone's financial health and the health of their business if we don't do this correctly. So it's definitely something to consider and something to remember to think about because the better the communication, um, the better our customer is protected and the more successful we are as well. Yeah, communication is key, Charlotte. I totally agree. Thanks for joining us on the Insurance Agency Trendsetters podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. You can find show notes for each episode at insuranceagencytrendsetters.com as well as links to contact Charlotte and George. We'll see you next time on the podcast.